Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the ASCA Viewpoints podcast. As always, I am your host, Dr. Alexandra E. Hughes, and welcome back to the podcast where we talk all things student conduct. So I am excited for today's episode uh, because it's all about our 2021 Gearing Academy. I had quite a few number of people uh, reaching out to me, wanting to learn more about Gearing, um, you know, how it's going to be this year, all of just the details, if you will. And so I thought, what better than to have the actual Academy chairs come on to the show and I guess just talk to everyone and let everyone know kind of what's going on and how it works and how it's going to be. And you can hear from them directly. So with that, I am going to introduce our two guests that uh, came onto the show today just to speak about everything dealing with Gehring. And um, first, that is our 2021 Gearing Academy Chair, uh, Mr. Travis E. Overton. And I'm going to give just a little bit of bio about these people. So he has actually been uh, with Coastal Carolina University since July of 2007. And as vice president for executive initiatives and chief of staff, his duties include supervision of the Channel T411, information technology services, scheduling and event services, special events and Title IX, as well as assisting the Office of the President with special projects. He also most recently served as the Vice President of Student Rights and Responsibilities and the Dean of Students. Uh, And he has worked in various areas of student affairs and is a member of the National Association for Presidential Assistance in Higher Education, uh, ASCA, NASPA. And you might also recognize him because he actually served as the 2017 ASCA Annual Conference Chair. So if you thought you heard his name before, you absolutely have. Uh, We also have on the show the 2021 Gearing Academy Assistant Chair, um, and that's going to be Miss Pam Malik. Now, Pam is the Assistant Dean of Students and Director of Student Conduct and Conflict Resolution, uh, SCCR, right, at the University of Florida, where her responsibilities include overseeing the student conduct and honor code processes and supervision of the SCCR team. And In addition, Pam serves on the university's behavioral consultation team and emergency operation team, and it has responsibilities in crisis response, policy development, and training. She earned both her master's degree and bachelor's degree from the University of Connecticut and is currently working on a PhD in higher education at the University of Florida. Now, Pam has worked professionally in higher education for 18 years in a number of roles related to student conduct and housing in the Northeast and Florida. Pam has been a member of the ASCA Board of Directors, a secretary and parliamentarian, served as the conference chair for the ASCA 2018 30th Annual Conference, has spent several years in various volunteer roles within the ASCA Conference Committee, and most recently, Pam is one of the authors of our ASCA's Knowledge and Skills Project. So just like Travis, if you recognize Pam's name, that's because she has also just uh, really committed a lot of time and energy and knowledge to our field. So 
such very seasoned professionals, uh, just filled with a wealth of knowledge. They are leading our Garing Academy this year, and I am just so excited to have them on the show. Now, that was an extremely long introduction, and without further ado, I am going to jump into our show, and I just know that you will love it. Well, hello, Pam and Travis, and welcome to the show. How are you both doing today? Fantastic. Absolutely fantastically well. Absolutely fantastically well and amazing and like super, super, how does it go? Super califragilistic expialidocious. That's right. Boom. Califragilisticexpialidocious. There you go. It's a thing I won't say. It's a thing, you know, I can't believe I still remember that. Um, Well, I am so excited that both of you all can be here today uh, on our podcast. So this is a very special episode because both of you are a part of our Garing Academy, uh, to say the least. Uh, And that's coming up in just, you know, a short period of time. We're what, like a few, like a month away? Like on on July the 19th. July 19th. So we are a little like a little over a month away. So this is happening. We're here. We're excited. Okay. Well, it's a real thing. Well, um, I wanted to take the time to have both of you on the show. Um, that way you can kind of just speak to our audience. Our, uh, audience is comprised of so many people. And I know I've heard a lot of things about Garing Academy and people wanting to learn more. So I thought it would be great to have both of you here just to share all the things Garing. So how does that sound? We appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Well, absolutely. Well, would you both just introduce yourselves, kind of the role that you're in with ASCA and this upcoming Gearing Academy for everyone, please? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I am Travis Overton. um, And again, thank you so much for the opportunity to focus in on this topic, uh, one that I think we think is very important um, as we work to educate. Uh, I served this year for 2021 as the chair um, of Gearing Academy. Um, last year, I served as assistant chair under the amazing Bonnie um, that everybody knows. But uh, this year, I get the opportunity to sit in the chair seat. Um, and in that role, I help to provide volunteer overall strategic leadership and facilitation of the planning and execution of the Garing Academy, of course, in direct communication with our bosses at the central office um, that keep us on track and make sure that we have what we need. Thank you. Okay, Pam. Hi, I am Pam Malik, and I, I like to lovingly say I am Travis's sidekick. If he's the hero, I am the sidekick in this situation. Never, um, always the hero. So I, I am serving as assistant gearing chair this year, learning all of the things that I need to learn because next year for 2022, I will be um, taking on the, the chair role. So um, my role this year is to you know work on some things under the hood, make sure stuff is, is going forward with our faculty fellows and some of our mini track stuff and whatever my boss man here says I need to do, Mr. Travis. Hey, we'll take it. She's really the boss. She's really the boss. 
I love it. Okay, so then tell us this. So what is like the Gearing Academy? Okay, we're going to start there. And then why is it important for individuals who are involved with this type of work, whether it is judicial affairs, student conduct, student rights, equity and inclusion, administration, leadership, compliance, I'm listing everything, right? Like, why is it important for those individuals to go to Gearing? I know it's a loaded question, but I think it's really important that we start there. So I think it's really exciting to be able to start back with how I got introduced to the association. Um, and so one of my main points of introduction uh, was a week-long experience at the Gary Academy. When I started that journey, I didn't have any idea what I was going to. Um, I was like, so this is interesting. Um, but what I later learned sitting from the beginning to the end as I learned that it is truly the premier educational experience for individuals who work in the field of student conduct administration, behavioral management work, um, the, the, the list goes on and on, all the work that is represented by the Association of Student Conduct Administration. Um, all those individuals are able to go here and create that foundational work that they need in various levels or specified areas. Um, but it serves as a curriculum-based experience um, with faculty from all across everywhere, um, all different backgrounds to be able to deliver that educational experience. Um, and so it is what it is truly the pinnacle of education. We have as the association, we have the conference, which is focused in on presentations and networking opportunity and professional development. Um, uh, and connectedness in that way. Um, and the Gary Academy is where you come to work for a week-long experience of working. Um, but I'd like to pause and, and most definitely uh, let uh, Pam most definitely add any pieces to that or to take the second question, which is why it's important. Sure. I think what I'll add on is, is outside of the, the deep dive content work, um, there's that personalized mentorship that happens. Um, so being able to connect as an attendee with the faculty in the track, being able to have a, a strong connection with the people who are also attendees in that track, having somebody that you can tangibly call based on those relationships and group work that you've done all week long um, is an invaluable tool. The same as Travis, it was my very first experience with ASCA way long ago. Um, and I still talk to some of the people who I was in my gearing track with. So it provides um, just another layer on top of content. Okay, okay. And, you know, to your question of why is it important for people to attend, um, I think in what we've just described, I think it speaks to it, but I would also just simply say that this field is one that from the outside looking in, individuals may look and say, oh, I know how to do that, right? Uh, but then once you get into the seat, you realize there are so many components that maybe you're not as familiar with. And so the answer to why you attend an experience like Gearing uh, hosted through ASCA is to be able to get that hands-on educational knowledge. And just as Pam said, that mentoring, that connectedness from uh, uh, the participants uh, to be able to help further your work in this area. 
Okay. And I want to kind of hone in on something that I think is really important that that you said. We have our annual conference, um, which is always at the beginning of the year, February-ish, right? Somewhere in there. And then, of course, we always have gearing. But gearing is not a conference. It's an academy. And I think that's so very important because I really want to hone in on what you said about the learning that occurs during gearing and the ability to really just kind of hone your skills in whatever area it may be based upon the track that you're interested in. Did I do that right? Did I say that well? You did. I did. Okay. I, I, I do what I can. I do what I can. Well, speaking of track. Okay. Well, I just wanted to say, I think you're spot on with that because in the conference experience, which uh, Pam and I, who have had the amazing opportunity to both serve as conference chairs uh, for the annual conference, we know that that experience is one where, yes, you're sitting in a seat, uh, but in many cases, you're sitting in the seat is still very interactive in way of uh, kind of that flipped classroom approach where individuals are more learning from each other, even though there may be a presenter in the class. Gehring takes that, and yes, there is some flipped classroom approach and other approaches that are used, but Gehring really takes the participants and puts them in the learning seat. Um, it is school. For, uh, for the uh, association. Um, and now, of course, it is still interactive. It is still individuals who are professionals in the field who all can contribute so much knowledge and that is appreciated and interweaved throughout the experience. Uh, but it is truly that full educational learning. It is school. I have been through gearing twice myself, different years, and it it's definitely school, but it was a lot of fun. And I can, I can say that. Well, I know when I went through, there were different, I went through a track that's not being offered this year. So there's a lot of different tracks and a lot of different things. And so if you could, could you just go over the tracks that are being offered um, for 2021? Because I know there's uh, there's like the week-long tracks, and then there's also some one-day sessions as well. Sure. I can jump in there. So we have five week-long sessions. So that's the, the basis of the, the content and the curriculum of the Academy. Um, so we'll start out with talking about what has been and it's going to sound funny, but it has been the foundation of the Gearing Academy since its inception. And that is going to be the Mary Beth Mackin Foundations of Professional Practice track. So we want to make sure folks understand that that doesn't mean it's for new professionals. It means it's for folks who need the foundations of student conduct. There have been people who are deans of students, and it's the first time supervising student conduct as a functional area who have gone through the foundations of professional practice because they need to know that to be able to supervise that functional area. Yes, there are new professionals who go through that. It's also for folks who may be transitioning from another functional area. When I went through, I was um, a eight-year staff member in housing and wanted to move into student conduct. So that is a great place to learn some skills or develop additional skills. Um, so that's really where um, a lot of folks enter the Gearing Academy. We also then are offering what we like to call the mid-level and aspiring directors track. So that's for folks who are looking to be in a mid-level position or they are aspiring to be a director. And it's that space in between. Of how, do you, how do you function as a mid-level manager? What are the skills and knowledge that you need to be effective in that space and understand how to learn and grow as a middle manager? And then we also have the directors and senior conduct officers track. 
So these are for the folks who are running those offices, creating strategic direction, really looking to see, okay, I'm either becoming a director, I'd like to search for that job, or I'm in the position now, how do I supervise this functional area? How do I help people learn and grow and move a department forward? So it moves from individual skill to departmental, um, bigger picture functions. Um, and so this year, we are going to be offering the Sexual Misconduct Institute Level 1 at the Gehring Academy, and that is going to take place over the course of the week. It is a content-heavy um, process. Normally, SMI is offered as a, a standalone uh, program that is housed around the country. We've incorporated that into the Gehring Academy this year in, in the virtual setting. Uh, so to give people another option to be able to participate mid-summer as opposed to waiting for a mid-fall or a mid-spring um, for that content area. And we're really excited about incorporating that. And then our final uh, full week track, we are really excited about. It's a brand new track this year, and it's equitable and inclusive practices in student conduct. So it really takes a deep dive in equity and inclusion and how that applies to student conduct work and how we see that play out across our campuses. So we're really excited to bring that one forward for the first time this year. And Pam, if I can add one thing, I know we've been asked this question, so I wanna make sure that we highlight that we are incredibly excited about the equitable and inclusive practices in student conduct track. However, we are also still working to ensure uh, that equity and inclusion are infused. And so we're very, excited to partner with our bosses at the central office uh, that are going to work to put together some amazing content to help interweave uh, the critical nature of equity and inclusion throughout all of the tracks. And there will be a shared learning experience that all tracks will participate in on that topic. So while there is a separate track for that, and that's been the conversation for years, right? The conversation has been, if you do a separate track, does that mean it's not, no, 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 no. This work has to have equity and inclusion um, infused in all of what we do. Okay, okay. So those were the long or like the week long track. So talk to me a little bit about the one day sessions as well. Yeah, so Pam, I'll take that one. Um, so the one day sessions, uh, we're also excited about that this year because it's new. We haven't done, we have not done the mini tracks. So what we have found um, is that in past years, there have been tracks that have been offered within the Gearing week that may be two day tracks or uh, that type of thing because the topic uh, may not, uh, the topic and content may not necessarily encompass an entire five day uh, schedule. Uh, but it is an important topic or content. And so the ones that we have focused on this year, conflict resolution and formal resolution for Title IX, restorative justice, threat assessment, uh, community colleges and underrepresented minority serving institutions, those mini tracks um, are built to be able to focus specifically in for one day um, on those specific topic areas. Um, they are going to be a curriculum based in some ways, but a majority of the work that they will be doing is facilitated uh, discussion and conversation and learning and teaching during those times with then even the community colleges um, and the underrepresented and minority serving institutions. Uh, that Those two particular tracks are in many ways gonna be layered on top of uh, the knowledge that individuals would gain from the academy. So let me give you an example. I'm at a community college. Now, I am not. At a if I am at a community college working there and I go through Gearing, I may hear throughout that week these foundational pieces as I'm going through the foundations of professional practice about what we do. However, as a community college, 
those nuances that make a community college environment unique in its ways, different than a four-year institution, may not be articulated in that same way. So therefore, this mini track allows you to be able to take either from this year's gearing experience or a prior year's gearing experience, and then be able to focus in on the unique nature of a community college or a unique nature of a uh, underrepresented institution serving, uh, underrepresented serving institution um, as well. Okay, so that's really helpful just to make sure that you are providing both these tracks that allow people to learn the concepts, but then also, uh, I guess, one day sessions that allow people to be able to take what they've learned and apply it to, you know, like you said, if you're at an underrepresented or minority institution, minority serving institution, it makes the work applicable mm-hmm. to where you are, to say right. the least. Okay. Right. Okay, um, that's really exciting. There's a lot that's going on, my goodness. You guys have your work cut out for you, okay? Um, so talk to me about, I think one that kind of piqued my interest, if you will, as you were uh, both speaking about kind of like the different tracks and the different things, and maybe just because the name is slightly different, um, is the SMI one or the Sexual Misconduct Institute with all of the new department of Ed, regulations and everything that's going on. And we're just going to leave it at that, right? How could this particular track prepare me for really my work that would be coming up in this new academic year? So I think a great way to explain it is we know there is no such thing as a one-size-fits-all policy when it comes to sexual misconduct on campuses. Not everything fits in the Title IX box. Not everything fits in the student code of conduct box, if you will. So we're really excited about SMI and the content that's going on there because it applies across all of the spectrum of how we're responding to um, sexual-based incidents that happen, domestic violence, dating violence, stalking-type incidents across our campuses. So we we really like this content because it applies to student conduct administrators. Let's say if you're dealing with a non-Title IX sexual misconduct case, if you are working through um, the Title IX process and you're a Title IX coordinator or an investigator and you want to understand practically what some of these pieces are going to look like, the skills are very much the same, even though the policy across those those different regulations is is varying. It's different, right? There's different requirements. We're going to cover that broad spectrum and give people the skills that go along with how do you apply this, the specific setting you're in, whether that's sexual misconduct or whether that's Title IX um, protected behavior. Oh, wow. Okay. That sounds really good. Well, you know, it's interesting. I'm almost thinking after what you just said, that this track would actually probably be one of the most helpful because if Department of Ed regs are changing, whatever that may look like, then the material that's in this particular track, I'd be able to apply and kind of just use it based upon whether it's the same, it changes, whatever have you, if you will. (laughs) You're you're absolutely spot on is that the material is gonna be transferable Um, It's going to give you a a general understanding that can then be applied, and it also helps to give you an understanding that in any changes that come, you can follow those changes um, more easily because you have been able to become familiar uh, with the concepts as it currently exists. And I do think, to your point, 
I do think some would believe, you know, well, why do I need to do education on Title IX right now if there's potential that things might change? Um, and, and I think the reality is, is that because we uh, do not know what might change or what might not change, it's important for us to serve our students the best way we can right now on our respective campuses. And the way to do that is to make sure that we are educated and that we are equitable in our processes, to make sure that we're informed of what it's like to deal with students that have experienced trauma, um, to make sure that we're working directly to provide resources and support for the students that are going through these experiences. And that is going to uh, be provided um, help for, very heavily throughout um, that experience. Okay. Can okay. you add something earlier? I was going to say we're, we're really focused on more than just compliance mm -hmm. in this track. And a lot of the education that folks are used to, or when you're reading 2,000 plus pages, it's about compliance. This is more than that. And we know a lot of our folks wear multiple hats. You may be a student conduct administrator and being and be a hearing officer under Title IX. So how do you gain those skills, regardless of what hat you're wearing? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. That's really, I mean, thank you for that explanation. I mean, honestly, I could probably go through each one of those tracks. I'm not for the sake of time, right? But that one, I definitely just wanted to dig into a little bit more just from, you know, what you both initially said. Okay. So how about this? Gearing is going to be virtual, right? Okay. Gearing is going to be virtual. I know last year gearing was virtual, but just talk a little bit about the setup, how it's going to work, all of those good things, because we are in a virtual world. You know, we're still in a pandemonium. Um, that's I say anything else outside of pandemic at this point. Like, anything else besides pandemic is what I say. So we're in a pandemonium. So talk to us a little bit about that. Just share a little bit about kind of like the structure, how it's set up. Yeah, absolutely. I must definitely take that. So the, you know, it's interesting. Last year, as Bonnie was leading uh, us through this process, we started out um, by making sure that we were getting prepared for in-person experience. And then as um, our faculty from last year and track coordinators last year are moving towards this in-person experience, we then realize what's in front of us and we're like, oh, nope, this is going to shift to, shift to, to virtual. And so last year was scary, right? Because gearing has always only been in person. And so last year was the thought process was how are participants going to respond? How are we going to create the experience that still is the benefit um, for that, um, for the participants? So for us, what we saw last year is working, first of all, last year's track coordinators and faculty were amazing. They jumped right in in that transition. And as assistant chair last year, I can just not say thank you enough for how amazing that team was. And they helped create the foundation for this year. So of course, the, the um, association shifted over to, to Booty as a learning management system um, to be able to create a space and opportunity for the virtual learning. Um, and so we launched it. And so this year, um, to your question, what is it like to be virtual? Well you're looking at a computer screen. That is the truth, yes. However, the faculty this year are going through different, uh, we actually just spent time with the faculty talking about how to create an interactive experience through the virtual experience, how to engage individuals in different ways through that virtual experience. Um, and so the faculty and the track coordinators are working through various methods to help ensure that the engagement can still maintain itself 
um, in regards to that. In addition, also working to make sure that that connectedness can maintain itself. So how can they um, make sure that they are still connecting with each other as the participants as they're going through this process? What drop-in times do they have in the evenings or what connect connection opportunities do they have to be able to talk and chat with each other as participants? Which as Pam mentioned, is such a key component of the gearing experience. So our goal is to be able to make it as interactive as possible. Um, however, recognizing that yes, we are still virtual. But what we found last year that I'll say last is that we found that going virtual actually created the opportunity for more people to be able to experience Gary um, because it was virtual. It reduced the travel costs. It reduced the costs of associated with Gary. So it, 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 it allowed us to make it more accessible to individuals, which was very exciting uh, for individuals to be able to go through that as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think you, you bring up a good point, and I want to kind of talk about this intentionality, if you will. Um, part of it is that we've been doing this uh, pandemonium thing uh, for quite some time, right? Um, and so I think there is a level of us kind of being used to it in a sense, recognizing that we are very much so ready to get back in person, but also being intentional in that just what you said, Travis, it allows for more people to be able to attend, right? It allows for us to still get the same material, the same information, that same one-on-one -on -one time. I know that the faculty are scheduling one-on-one -on -one times with uh, with their, with the whoever's in the track. I know last year um, I had the opportunity to attend virtually and and that was something that happened. I don't feel like I missed anything uh, in the virtual world than I did in a pre-virtual or world before all of the things that happened, right, with gearing. So I think that's really, really good to mention um, and just bring that up and recognize that, but realize that it's, I mean, at this point, it's great. You know, in speaking of intentionality, I was thinking about kind of like the knowledge and skills, right, that ASCA's put out and the different components of understanding curriculum development and capacity building and all of those different pieces, right, of administration, assessment, case resolution, all of those components are tied into these distinct tracks. Am I, is that right? Is, am I off? Am I on target? What would you say? You are, you are very correct. Um, and with intentionality, that was, that was done on purpose. So each of our track coordinators um, got access to take a look at the knowledge and skills right around the time that it was released a little bit early to think about how in the framework of their track are they going to incorporate these pieces into the track that, that they're working in. And so those decisions and the, the topics that are going to be covered ties in to where we as association are saying, these are the knowledge and skills we believe as a student conduct administrator, you need to be successful. Um, so they're taking those pieces and incorporating it into all of their curriculum. So it really should be a seamless experience that creates a knowledge base that starts at Gehring, works its way through when you're using the knowledge and skills document, and then gets bolstered in, in conference and maybe regional or state events over time. So it's really meant to be this comprehensive educational, um, I don't want to say plan, but an educational document for the association. So we've been very intentional about making sure that that's applied across our tracks. Okay, okay. 
Well, I've asked a lot of questions, so I'm going to kind of stop here. Is there something that I didn't ask you all or that you're like, we need to just say this because Gehring's amazing and we forgot to talk about how there's going to be a Beyonce performance that's happening. Um, it's not. I just wanted to throw that out there because I would be well, so excited if it did. Beyonce did just text me and mm -hmm. asked that I still need her to come, so I mm -hmm. will let her know that we'll go ahead and put that back on. Thank you. I, I'd appreciate that greatly. Yeah, we're in contact regularly. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, as far as anything you didn't ask, I, I just think that it's important. I think we've talked a lot about what the experience is like, but I think it's important just that we emphasize um, that not only is it an experience of growth, but I want to make sure we say this because we just talked about intentionality. It's it also two main things that I want to make sure we mention. A, personal growth in your personal work journey, what Garing does to be able to help enhance your skills around student behavior work and student behavior management um, and kind of how to be able to do that work student conduct administration. But then more, more so too, what value it adds to your institution to have individuals that have gone through Garing who are doing the work on your campus. Because what it does is it helps solidify your process. It also helps put you in places and spaces with people who are doing it on other campuses that you can, again, as Pam mentioned, be in contact with throughout the year. But when you come back to your campus, it helps position you on your campus as an expert in the work that you're doing so that those colleagues who have a hard time understanding what you're trying to describe to them you get the vocabulary, the tools, the experience to be able to better articulate that. And I say that from personal experience, because when I walked into uh, Gehring, um, I had been a hearing officer before, uh, but I've never been to the uh, conference. And so as a result, when I walked into Gehring, I was like, huh. And I was able to immediately come back and begin to articulate some of my learning things. And at the Gehring I was at, Don Gehring himself was there and um, actually, I handed him my code of student conduct. I was like, hey, you mind just taking a look? And he made notes all the way through my code of student conduct, just with thoughts, which was um, an amazing experience, you know, at that point. Um, and so I just want to highlight that as individuals are thinking about this opportunity, both how it works for you personally and your growth, uh, professionally and personally, as well as for your institution. Um, and of course, if you register by June 30th, uh, your your price is lower than it is after June 30th. So the actual academy takes place July 19th, the 19th to the 23rd. The mini tracks are on that following Monday. Um, and then, uh, but if you register by June 30th, you're still in regular registration. Um, and so it gets you at a, at a lower rate. July 1, the rate goes up a little bit, but it's still worth it. Um, so hoping folks will consider it if they have not. Okay, so wait, let me, so let me get those dates again. So July 19th through the 23rd, and then the Monday, what's that? The July 26th, correct? For That's the correct. mini tracks. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure, you know, the dates and they run together now. I mean, with the working from home and the different, I'm like, is it, what? what is today? So I have yeah. to, the fact that we're in July or June, almost July is like, whoa, it feels like we should be in like March. I don't know. Well, if you're if you're running on the fiscal year, everybody who's trying to register before June 30th, use those end of fiscal year funds to register for Gearing. It's a great use of those end of year fiscal funds before it rolls over or on the new budget year, friends, July 1st, 
you can go ahead and, and register with those new funds. We would love for you to do that. Absolutely. Well, right. with that, thank you both for being on the show uh, and just sharing all of the information and all of the knowledge and just letting everyone know about what Gearing is and just, I mean, just the amazing benefit that Gearing really has as a professional in this field. And just to be able to have that name behind you um, as you do this work. So thank you both. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Alex. 